You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Chris Bennett, and I help connect businesses with tech freelancers, and I'm your host. Uh, welcome, everyone. Um, we're going to do some introductions now. So we're going to first go to Rebecca. Rebecca, tell me a bit about yourself. My name is Rebecca. I, uh, I'm a tech recruiter uh, working as a consultant uh, for different kind of companies. I'm currently at Flowbox. Uh, it's a startup scale-up company within MarTech. Um, so we're scaling up quite a bit right now. So I'm helping them out until September uh, if it's not if not longer. Uh, so today, is, give me give me your introduction. Tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, all right. So uh, my name is Thaddeus, and uh, I am currently working at uh, as a talent acquisition partner at uh, Leo Vegas. Um, I've been in the company for uh, around three and a half years. Uh, overall, I have been in this profession for uh, around five. Uh, I think. I think that's the that's the that's the right number. <laughs> um, Overall, I'm working with uh, with many, of course, tech recruitment, uh, but uh, I am helping out as well with uh, data and analytics, for example. Um, now, in terms of some of my spare time, um, I like playing uh, play games and uh, hang out with my dog. Uh, she is a part of my life, like a little child. So, <laughs> um, and I think that's that's uh, I think the most interesting things about me. First of all. Uh, our listeners will want to know what's your dog's name. Ira. Ira, beautiful name. Love that. <laughs> Thank you, Tennis. Um, Uri, yeah, the legend. <laughs> yes, Uri. Tell me a bit about yourself, man. Yes, I know it's hard to pronounce. So, <laughs> no. <you> guys, my <laughs> name. Apologize. <laughs> yeah, my name is Uri. I'm working True Caller in Stockholm, and before that, I'm also working for IKEA in Sweden and also eBay and Apple in China. So I'm recruiting the tech people from different part of the world, and currently I'm in charge of the recruitment and also employee branding for TrueColor. We are also in a very like busy stage, so we are expanding our business in Indonesia and in Malaysia also this year. So we need to recruit a lot of people, and feel happy to be here to discuss. Love that, love that. And finally, <laughs> Anna. By the way, Anna, you've still not sent me the locations I need to go tomorrow because i'm i'm flying to portugal i'm yeah. so sorry but so i will send it straight away after this, after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah don't worry i will put the list together i'm so <laughs> sorry but it's been a hectic week this week my daughter is home and while i've tried to work as much as i can so it's uh it's been completely completely crazy <laughs> don't worry about it give us your introduction anna yeah, so as you know, Anna, I'm originally from Portugal. I moved to Sweden around nine years ago, and I started working uh, with tech recruitment um, here in Sweden, uh, starting an agency, then in-house. Right now, I'm working at Discovery. I joined them um, three months ago, uh, and previously, I was at Klarna for about four years. So I have been working everything, tech recruitment, engineering, design. So, so yeah, it's and yeah, hiring people all over from all over the world. 
um, to to Stockholm lately, but I have been placing people uh, in other locations such as Berlin, Netherlands, Milan, and so on. Perfect. Thank you so much for your introductions, guys. Um, okay, so today we are discussing the challenges of a recruiter in a scaling tech company. It's tough. It's really, really yeah. tough. Yeah, so I do not envy envy everyone. Yeah, as per usual, everyone, our listeners will um, know we go through four different questions. Yeah, which each of the uh, participants has brought with them. Um, first of all, we're going to go to Rebecca. And Rebecca's question was, how do you manage the current staff before and during scaling up? Yeah. So, Rebecca, just talk us through why you asked that question and kind of your thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, this is a problem that or not a problem, but uh, kind of a topic that I wanted to discuss in this kind of forum, because um, as a company, when you desperately want to grow, with high ambitions, it's easy to to forget about the current employees when your focus is on bringing in new ones. Um, so the market is hard and you have to take the chance when you get it with new candidates. But it's also easy to forget that the teams need to manage the onboarding of the new employees. That also takes a lot of energy and time uh, from the new from the team, uh, time that they might not have. And when you when you're at this scale up phase in your company, the focus is also on scaling up the product. So as well as the organization. So often the focus on on scaling up the product is bigger, uh, of course, because it's all it's all about the product. And the teams already have a lot on their shoulders. And on top of that, they're also going to onboard new employees. So. That was the topic that I wanted to, to discuss in this. I think it's a really, really good place to start, Rebecca. Yeah, because everyone can get quite excited about scaling up. Yeah, but forget about the current staff. So it's a brilliant topic to explore. Um, so, Anna, what's your thoughts? Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a it's a very interesting topic, right? Um, scaling up is never easy, and there is so many points that we need to look at and and be aware of. Um, and it's not easy when uh, when you are growing or um, when you don't have enough staff um, to help you to not forget the ones that are already in, but also bringing new ones. So. Um, yeah, there is there is a lot to look into, to be honest. What what, what type of things do you put in place? Like when you've been, obviously, you've been in Klarna, you're currently at Discovery. What type of things do you put in place to look after the current staff, Anna? Uh, this has been within each, each domain. So uh, there has been a lot of, like, pressure under, like, the the managers for each team, but also um, bringing uh, bringing other teams within uh, where we call it in Klarna, for example, organ lead, uh, where we put teams to work for the people that is already in in the company, right? So not just employer branding because we work employer employer branding is also internally. It's not just what we see outside. Um, but we, we, we worked a lot in putting teams together to, to help everyone 
um, to, um, yeah, to, to go through anything that they, they really needed. Um, so it was not just a very specific point, but, um, yeah, we, we so, had like the, the, uh, mobi- mobility teams mm-hmm. helping out with a lot of things with related to mobility, uh, had external uh, companies to, to eat and so on. Ori, what's your thoughts on this? Kind of how, how can we yes, make, sir. how can we make sure the current staff are being looked after during this yeah, phase? I, I think. I think this question is also related to my question, like value-based recruitment and also competence-based recruitment. Because when we are hiring people and we need to focus like what kind of value they, they can bring. And if we bring the same value people, they will happy working together. So when we do this kind of group and scaling and we need to take care about our old colleagues and what they care about. And then when we bring the new people and do we share the same value and then they can work in the team. But I can take talk like more in detail in my topic. <laughs> so yes. Now give it away. I like it. <laughs> T- Tadius, kind of, what's your thoughts on? Yeah, I don't know uh, what kind of uh, Leo Vegas or yourself uh, got in place to make sure we're still looking after the people who are already there. So I think this question is uh, super interesting. It's super complex, to be honest. And and uh, I think that uh, in terms of because. In Leo Vegas, we have had uh, this sort of phase where we were, you know, rapidly growing and so just, uh, you know, from uh, my conversation a couple of years ago, we were like, okay, guys, we, you know, we need to increase the team by like twice the size within the next couple of months. Um, and I think that the, the, there's a couple of questions that uh, we have been asking quite uh, well, not not recently anymore, but it's more about uh, is that. Do you actually need to grow based on a, on a headcount itself, or is there any way on how to actually grow, like as we say, grow smartly? Right? Is that it's not just about okay, we need double the amount of team. I say, okay, can can the people that are currently working work more efficiently? Is there any ways on how to actually uh, you know expedite some of the processes that are maybe uh, you know not not needed and or you know and need to kind of work around uh, that way? And I think that's the first thing that uh, in a lot of cases. Um, we as recruiters or, you know, in general in like HR, for example, is kind of to talk with with the managers as the partners is to make sure to uh, kind of them to understand is that, all right, generally not necessarily just increasing the team in the size will make the team work more efficiently in general. Um, And I know, you know, from from our side is that uh, we used to have uh, larger teams uh, and and in, in the last past couple of years is that our, our teams are generally smaller and working more focused on the way and that way is just we were kind of able to combat a lot of a lot of these things where uh where we are not you know um onboarding uh like a lot of amounts of people and which of course takes a lot of time from the current uh engineers for example that's a brilliant point to this um because I assume people listening to this podcast today would think scaling tech company means numbers. Yeah. And I think you've raised the point there of how can we probably work more efficiently? Yeah. I don't know. Has anyone else on the table um, kind of thought about how can how can we work more efficiently? Yeah. I don't know. Has, any, has anything happened at Truecaller on that? Uri? Yes. Yes. I think uh, if you want working efficiently in the team, the tools and also the communications 
that will be the most important things because right now because of the pandemic, everybody working from home. So how can we deliver the information in, in the same level? And do we have different tools and uh, to make people work more efficiently and also because we onboard some new people and the old people can guide them and teach them. So I think right now everything looks good. But of course, when a pandemic happened before, I think Drupal is already digitalized. So it doesn't influence the interview or recruitment that much. Yeah. I don't know what, what kind of what's your final thoughts, Rebecca, on this subject. Have, have you seen anything that works in the past or anything that you're doing at the moment in regards to this? I don't have a solution for this question. It's pretty complex, but I've um, stumbled upon it a few times. Um, and there's a risk because in these type of companies, you often don't have this HR solution um, that it lands on. So the risk for the recruiter is that you're just um, like increasing employees uh, and not scaling up as you want to. Um, because people resign. Um, and also to, we're going to discuss that later, but, but the culture related to, to, to this question is like the culture is extremely important and unique in a startup scale up. And that's what keeps them going. And it's often, often the unique selling points when you approach candidates. Uh, so the risk when scaling up the organization and bringing in a lot of new employees in a fast pace is that the culture might be lost in translation. Uh, so. Yeah, the golden question is how to keep that culture, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't yeah, know. Any- Go on. I, I think it's a lot about stakeholder management in this case, anyway, from, from me as a consultant, uh, to to guide like hiring managers on how to think, like how, what is realistic when growing and scaling up. Uh, and um, yeah, keep it realistic uh, to what we're able to do. Yeah, perfect. Good start. Okay, uh, we'll go on to the next point. Uh, today, um, your question was um, how to make yourself stand out as an employer of choice. This is a big one, isn't it? <laughs> this is a big one. Yeah, you're all fighting over it right now. <laughs> uh, in the light of the steep competition. Yeah. So I suppose today is talk us through your question. Yeah. And talk us through kind of, I don't know, what was the context behind the question? Yeah. So um, I think that from my side and, you know, when I saw, of course, the the other questions, uh, um, I thought uh, that was one of the things that I wanted to explore. Uh, is because, uh, of course, um, as we all are essentially uh, competing uh, for a lot of, of this, the same talent. Uh, and, of course, there's, you know, very large competition in, in other companies within uh, Stockholm or in Sweden in general. Um, and um, I think that from my side and from, you know, um, our company that we are in is that uh, we have gotten a lot of, like, um, um Bad reputation, uh, even though I think that uh, the uh, the the culture and you know the people that work in in New Vegas are all great, and uh, we have you know an uh, awesome leadership nowadays. Um, and and but but I think that uh, from from my side is that uh, 
one of the things that I wanted to ask uh, all of you is, is to, to see is that what uh, do you or your companies kind of work towards uh, if you can give out some of the secrets, right? <laughs> uh, in terms of how, how to make yourself stand out in terms of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the competition or in general. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Okay. Okay. So, um, Anna? How have you done it in the past? How have you done it now? Well, um, yeah, to stand out. that That's hard, right? Uh, and it really depends on what, what the target group is. And everything within engineering is very is very special uh, in my perspective. Um, but it's also it's, it's a lot about culture, which is something that we we talked about a bit before. But also uh, about w- what does the company has to offer uh, in terms of, uh, for example, um, technologies that the teams are working with, how they are keeping updated within those uh, ways of working. Um, previous to pandemic was also. Uh, how the offices looked like and what was the culture within being in the office, what the, the company was offering besides like a desk and a, uh, and a screen to, to the, the, uh, its employees is about the benefits that the company also offers. Um, so those are just a few things to, to look at and mm. stand out, right? Because it's like a lot of companies, and I think the companies that we are working with, they are keeping updated with technologies. Um, so other things that companies go around is within play a bit with with benefits that uh, that that they can they can offer to their uh, employees, not just about salaries, but anything extra, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. Are you are you constantly looking at other companies that you're competing against and trying to offer better, Anna? Yeah, we have been always aware what the our competitors are are doing, so we we can be updated and and do better. To be honest. Oh, Ray, what's kind yeah, of your I thoughts? Think, <laughs> I think this is much more challenge for me because our company, actually we are a Swedish company, but our biggest market is in India. So when we do the employee branding and how can we attract the people from Sweden or EU, that will be the thing. So how can we be stand out in this market? And also in Sweden, I think we have different competitors uh, a lot. I mean, just in Stockholm. And I think from the diverse days, we do a lot of relocation and we can hire people from all around the world. And also from the product, I think we do have the very cool product and we reach out more than 270 million users. So that is something I think the developer, they would like to, to know more because the user costs the traffic and the data. So if you're working with data engineer, data scientist, you will be interested in this product and we can compete with other product in the market. And so that is also about the take. And uh, of course, the candidate experience will be also important things. When you pick up the first call with the candidate, how you describe the candidate, uh, the, the company, and also how you sell the company, what kind of things we can offer, and uh, this kind of things. Of course, like social media is also the channel, like uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. So how the candidate can feel the vibe 
because they might not come to Sweden to view it. And uh, that is also related to the employee branding. So I think there's a lot of things from the beginning, first the call, and you connect with the candidate and how they feel. If they feel this company is great, they would like to join and have the high motivation and can make us stand out uh, within other companies. Do you find then when going... When going in as a tech recruiter to a firm, mm. are you given the given this information on what you should sell, or do you have to really explore the company to figure out what is that USP, what makes us different? Yeah, generally, what happens, Uri? I think uh, from the candidate's perspective, they would like to know you because when I interview some candidate from uh, EU, maybe we are not very famous in the market because our biggest market in England. So I need to sell the company and also to tell them what are we doing. So what what can we bring to the user? So we solve a lot of problems, like we can help people identify the user and block the spam and identify fraud. So I think that is something they would like to know and also the technology behind it. But of course, um, it's, it's very hard to attract people in the very beginning if you, you never heard about this product. So we have different materials, and after the interview, we can send and they can read. So are you, yeah, so that, are you yeah. almost are you almost selling the challenge? Yeah, the reason why True Caller exists. <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the people and see if they buy into that. Do they want to solve that as well? Yeah, because the thing is, when when you do the interview, you always know like uh, what they are looking for. So then we can say, okay, if we can help them, and also to provide this kind of opportunity. But if they if the candidate want to work in the challenge environment, I think that is perfect uh, opportunity. So you can work with the product. That is the ideal situation, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, Rebecca, you know, what's your thoughts around this? How, how how can you stand out as the employer of choice? It's very different depending on what com- kind of company you're at uh, right now. Um, like Flowbox competitors are probably like every startup company ever. Um, their product is quite unique. So that, that is what I use when, appro- when I'm approaching candidates, uh, but also trying to be as personal as possible, like not sending, sending candidates generic emails or LinkedIn questions. So being as personal as possible, like pushing the limits with uh, like emojis and, and trying just to be fun and to create a personal bond with them. Um, I think that's my approach um, for it's standing out. Um, really, really powerful approach. Yeah, I'm working here at Evolution now and I've been here nearly six years. The reason and the sole reason I joined this company was a woman called Jen, who was the internal recruiter. She used to ring me every night, and she was genuinely interested yeah, in what I was thinking. Yeah, I didn't know too much about evolution and kind of what they were doing. I didn't know about uh, tech recruitment before here. Yeah, and that's the reason I joined, because of her. Yeah, so I think we underestimate the power of the internal recruiter. Yeah, so when you're talking there, Rebecca, it is up to us to sell it, but you sell it through being personal, listening, and genuinely caring about that person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, like, when, when as a recruiter, you have to find the unique selling points, and my approach is usually, like, talking to the employees, 
like what was their reason for joining Flowbox and gathering information from them that I can use when I approach candidates. That's a really good way of doing it, I think. I can see you nodding under that. Yeah, obviously you've just joined uh, Discovery. Have you, have you been on that journey for the last few months? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And and you're touching some points that I also worked with, uh, and are and we. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I'm working with. And yeah, uh, one one of the things that made me uh, join Discovery is like is a people's first company. And they really, really care about their employees, which is so different from, from what I can see in the market. Maybe you have this experience in your current companies, but I haven't had it before. And I'm pretty, pretty amazed to see how, um, discovery actually, um, takes care of their, their employees and employees first. Um, and there is so many initiatives, so many things. Um, but what, but when approaching candidates for the first time, it's hard to sell those things because they cannot see. They haven't seen. They haven't. They cannot see it written anywhere. And so this is the challenge that we are working with right now. Tadeus, kind of, what's your kind of final thoughts on this? Yeah, is there anything you're doing over the old Vegas at the moment about this area? Yeah, no, I think, uh, first of all, uh, I think it was uh, very, very interesting, all, all points that you guys have, have mentioned, uh, because I think that one of the kind of the, the key things, right, is uh, how, how to stand out is kind of sell out your, your unique points that you have as a company uh, and, and uh, kind of make, make sure that, that, uh, that they are out there for, for people to, to see. Um, I, I know, you know, in terms of, uh, for, for us in, in, in Vegas, we have been, you know, constantly working. I think last year, one of the things that, uh, I think have been, uh, quite, quite interesting is kind of, uh, to solving all of the, the whole situation with, with COVID and, and kind of, uh, you know, past, the uh, once we go back to the, the normal and kind of what the new normal is going to be looking like, uh, and, and making sure that, you know, everyone feels, you know, safe and secure and that they are interested in going back, you know, and kind of you know what what the new norm was going to be. So so I think that is you know one of the things that that we are working in, of course, in addition to a lot of other uh, cool things that that we are uh, looking you know towards within the next uh, year, let's say. So I think I think this is such an important discussion because we've gone through half of the questions already, and we're talking about scaling tech company, and we've actually ironically talked about how to look after your current people how to embed that culture, how to understand why they joined the company yeah, before looking outwards. So I'm really enjoying where this discussion is going. Um, okay, let's jump on to Uri. Um, yes, me. <laughs> yes, that is, you've got two questions. Yeah. Oh them. my God, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, 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 everyone had loads of questions. It was my job to yeah, okay. actually get rid of a couple and just make it uh, into a nice order. Um, first question uh, was, how do we conduct the interview to help the candidate show their real talents? And I know you and me have spoken yeah. before, and you're very passionate about that first call. Yeah. So yeah. Give, us, give, us, give us context about your question. Yeah. So the, for this topic, I would like to share with some people, like they're wondering how we do the efficient interview and also don't miss any crucial steps. 
uh, I have my way to conduct the interview, but we can also discuss different ways. And because of the pandemic, I think they put everything digitalized. And we already have like 100% digitalized before for the interview and the relocation and uh, in recruitment. So it's done changing much. But uh, in Trucal, I think the first one is uh, 30 to 45 minute interview with recruiters. So it's very important for us to use this time to understand the candidate. And also the purpose of the interview for me is to understand if the candidate will be the good match or not, and also help them to show their real side of the take and personality. Because sometimes people will be very shy and uh, they, they and sometimes they, they speak very slow, but we need to help them and encourage them. So uh, there's one very interesting thing when I work in Apple, and uh, we have this kind of customer journey. I work in Apple retail before. So how can we help the customer and lead the customer to choose the right product? It's the same like when we implement to the candidates. <laughs> so we need to help them and also to guide them to choose like the, the right one. And in here, I think I'm, I'm always following like uh, APPLE, this kind of strategy. So the first will be approach. So how can we approach the candidate and to make them relax? Because when they got the call, they might off developer, you know, like uh, they have different personality. So they got uh, nervous and shy. So we need to open the door first. And uh, how can we do that? I always talk about something like travel and countries and uh, maybe the new pop culture and the weather. If you live in Stockholm, so, you know, like <laughs> we always talk about weather and hobbies, news. So open the door first. And I, I think that is very important because I have some interview. The candidate seems very nervous in the beginning. They, they didn't smile. And after we talk about uh, travel and also ski, maybe he likes. And then he's, he relaxed and then he talks more. So this is my first thing is approach. And then the second will be the probe. So how can you know, like, what are they looking for? What they are looking for challenge or they are looking for a new country to live or new take. So ask more questions and also to focus on their project and what, what the challenge or something they, they, they have. And they also talk about the tech trend because I always watch the YouTube and read about a lot of like news. I like apps. So I'm always saying, okay, this is a new app. What kind of new feature? So it required the recruiter has a wide knowledge about uh, the, the market and also to get some marketing intelligence to share with the candidate. So this is very important part to probe and explore the candidate. And after that, I will continue to present and or sell the opportunity. For example, like what can we offer in this role? Some candidate, they will say, okay, I want working with the product-based company. Yes, we are. And I want to work with more like user-based company. Yes, we are. <laughs> and also, so this is different, like selling point. And uh, I think the product, the working environment, the country, Stockholm is really nice place. And uh, there's a lot of tech company in here. So I think that is a selling point also. So this, this is my third part. And then I will go to listen. So uh, I will listen to the candidate, what kind of feedback they have. And some, I, I will not ask some very um, direct question like, yes, you answer me. What is iOS? What is a Swift? So I will listen to them and say like, if this opportunity you think it's good or can this opportunity attract you? 
And if they say yes, and uh, I have the confidence to move forward, but if they say no, maybe, okay, I will think, I will think about it. And then the last part will be E is end. So how can we end the conversation? Maybe they are not looking for a job right now, maybe in six months later. So how can we keep in touch with them? So, and also I will introduce the recruitment process, relocation and life in Sweden. So make the conversation more like completed. So this is like five steps I'm, I'm conducting the interview right now. But of course, I, I know different people have different idea about the interview, what kind of pace you have. So it's, maybe we can discuss. All right. So it seems like you've yeah. got the answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this, this is my answer, yes. Yeah. I've not got a pen and paper and I feel like I should have been taking notes there. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> I, I, love, I love the passion. I love the passion area. Yeah. At the end of the day, we're all recruiters here. Yeah, and it's that type of passion that translates to the person that's like listening to you. Yeah, and that preparation as well. Um, Anna, nodding your head, tell me yeah. more. Kind of no, how, how do you conduct that like kind of first interview and kind of how do you? Yeah, actually, Ray, um, touched base a few things that go along with also my questions, um, which is the candidate experience, right? And, and one thing that I've put it down to talk today was, was about, about, uh, yeah, um, how you start a conversation, the experience that you give to the candidate from the, the beginning, from the first approach. Um, I also do that a lot. Um, when, when I first meet someone for the first time, if I feel like they are very nervous, I always tell candidates that this is just me meeting you. This is not an interview. I'm just getting to know you. I'm just telling you a bit about what we do here. So I'm, and and I tell them like, I'm not technical. I will not say if you are good or not. So you shouldn't be nervous about me. (laughs) Right. Uh, And, and the same when when I try to prepare the candidates for uh, the next stages when they are interested in moving forward is like, it's about you, your experience and see this is not something like a stressful moment. See, this is something that you are just telling about yourself, what you know. So there is no need for to stress about or to be nervous, right? If they feel like this is what they want to do, um, yeah, just take it easy. But yeah, um, I also do a lot of like um, trying to introduce myself, tell a little bit, a little bit about my story. And also give them the opportunity to tell a little bit about them. Um, if, if is, is a candidate that needs relocation, we need to go a little bit more deep to understand their, their family situation, moving and all of that. So we become a little bit more personal, um, as mm. well. And it helps. No, and you and me have spoken plenty of times before, Anna, and this is one of your passions. Yeah. Yes. You've gone through it. You've gone through yeah. it, haven't you? And I think if you can show that human element and experience, I think it really comes across to people. So loads of tech companies, uh, some of the bigger companies, still have got the mindset of, I'm interviewing you. It's not a conversation. And as an external recruiter, people don't go for those type of roles anymore. You know, no, no, you need to be human, right? Because and especially, yeah. like, I haven't done face-to-face interviews for so many years even previous to like pandemic 
I was interviewing everyone over video calls and um and you need to make something to feel more like personal and human and caring and all of that, right? Um it's not like two plus two equals four. It's like, no, let's um let's yeah. um yeah, change things. I like that approach. Mm-hmm. Uh Rebecca, kind of what's your thoughts around this? How how are you conducting the interviews and kind of what's your approach? Yeah, I think my approach is very different and uh, now that I'm recruiting within tech and developers uh, from when I recruited different kind of roles. Um, when I did other kind of roles, it was all about uh, revealing their competence. But now it's more like I'm talking to someone and, and selling them the company uh, and that makes them more relaxed uh, and I try to bring it to a discussion uh, and not questions about what they have done before, but mentioning that like we're we working with this kind of projects and we work with this tech stack and like getting a conversation in that kind of way. Um, and I think it, I believe it like relaxes them in some way, uh, but not questions about their competence and that kind of interview. It's a it's a brilliant skill to have Rebecca yeah to be able to bring in someone into the discussion without them feeling like they're in an interview and it's a daily challenge especially when the demand for developers like we talked on the previous question yeah their experience might decide if they choose the job they might not fit with the company I don't know if they want to change the world in terms of what your company is doing yeah, but you probably need these people, so that experience is massive. So that ability to get them um, discussing things rather than just replying, yeah, is a skill and a half. Um, Tadeus, what's your thoughts? I think I think it's uh, it has actually changed a lot uh, since I started at the uh, recruitment because I've always. Uh, I think that I was always interested in tech recruitment, and and I, I remember from from my start, it uh, it was more you know towards the uh, make sure that that the, you get the the checklist of what this person knows, and then that was the important part, right? Uh, and, and now it goes to the other part is that is that the, I think it's more towards the uh, as uh, as Rebecca said, is to, to sell the company and make sure that the person is interested after your first interview. I don't, uh, to be completely honest, I don't see that many uh, people that I talk to uh, personally that aren't really nervous. Uh, but uh, from from my side, I do not even frame the interviews as interviews. Uh, I even when I send invitations in general, it's just like a, a, a like initial conversation uh, because and that's kind of what we have it overall is that we want this to be more of a conversation to see are we matching for each other uh, not you know we are not interviewing a, a person for there it's for us and you know in Vegas overall it is you know very important is that uh, as much as you know the candidate needs to match us we need to match them and I think that is you know one of the important things uh, is to um, especially during the first uh, first chat that we have with the candidates uh, is to talk with them about you know all of the interesting things that we have uh, now, from from my 
perspective, I have, you know, started learning a little bit of JavaScript to, uh, because I'm recruiting mainly like front end engineer to be able to understand a little bit kind of what they are talking about and have like a little bit of that. Uh, I'm not an engineer by any chance, but, uh, but it is kind of, you know, nicer to at least understand on, things on like a basic level, uh, because then you have like a little bit of like a deeper connection with, uh, with your candidates, right? So. Today, it sounds like you're on your way to being a developer, and we've got three people <laughs> writing your name down here. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It's you know, it's, as a as a recruiter, obviously myself. It's remember the checklist way of interviewing, and that's why people, um, when they speak to us, um, use the phrase buzzwords or keywords or something like that. You'll experience it every day when you're speaking to a hiring manager. I hear the words you need to know. And um, it's probably our fault from 10, 15 years ago of how we used to do recruitment. But now there is a much better way of doing it. Um, so I completely agree. Um, fantastic insights, to be honest. I'm going to jump to Anna, looking at the time. Yeah, I'm going to go back to Uri, if we've got time. Um, so, Anna, um, your question is, it's a really good question. I love this question. Yeah, so difficult to do. So if someone's got an answer, I'm, I'm going to write it down. How do we create time to step away and review the candidate's experience? Yeah, so how do we give the best candidate experience and kind of what does that even look like? Yeah, so it's probably twofold that question. But Anna, tell us about your question, uh, why you asked it. It's Yeah, I think it's as every other question, especially when scaling up, everything is... Yeah, interesting and, you know, oh, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the thing is, it, for me, it's hard to talk about in this, like, in detail, but um, especially about how do we give best candidate experience, but how do, how do we create uh, the time is how do we, like, get feedback from, from candidates, right? Uh, from those that uh, are in process, that have been in process, that have been hired, and and it's hard. It's hard to scale up, and you you need to um, find the time to scale up uh, to take care of the process. Make sure that you have the right process in place. You have enough people to uh, to make those hires that you you need to to make, and and also gathering the the feedback so uh what i try to do um because even though discovery is one of the biggest media companies in the world we are in the very beginning of being a, a tech company right and uh, so there is a lot of things that we can uh still still do and work out um what i try to do is because i don't have yet the tools to work with with feedback is after each interview, for example, I try to touch base with the candidate without being annoying, you know, just like just quick call. How how was it? What it worked well? What you think it didn't go so well with the interview? What questions haven't you asked that you would like to get answers to? And all of those things. Uh, so it's still quite a lot of human um human interaction still but you can get finding the time you can get like tools to automate these processes right and it's not that difficult it's just um yeah 
<laughs> Find sure. it the time. Sure. <laughs> it's just yeah. a challenge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you wouldn't have asked it if you knew the answer, to be honest. Uh, but are you saying, though, kind of what you are doing at the minute is you're constantly doing it? Yeah, so you'd give an interview and then trying to have another conversation of how that interview went. Yeah, almost like what an external recruiter would do. Yeah, if they had an interview, it's like, how did it go? And you're doing it almost on yourself. Do you know of any tools that can do this out there, Anna? That's the golden uh, yeah, question. You know, <clears throat> like, there are ATS systems uh, that would let you do that uh, in an easy way. Uh, but, um, like, a Google form would would solve it. Like, after the interview, click in, like, send Google form and get a really quick, like, uh, to... Uh, 30 seconds um, check-in kind of like form, like did go well, what didn't go well and all of that. Uh, but I don't think like with a Google form you needed to do it after each interview. Um, but it's dif- depending on the different steps of interviews that you have, you could do something within the middle or in the end of, of the process, right? So you don't need, you wouldn't need as much interaction when you use those automated um, uh, tools uh, as you do it when when there is more uh, human in, in interaction, but um, but yeah, I, I think like a, a quick survey uh, would try to to understand like did this person had a good experience with the first round of interviews? Uh, did they get enough information? If not, work out with the stakeholders and hiring managers to to give what what's the what the candidates are asking mm-hmm. and in in the end to understand like is this such is too long of a process or there are interviews that doesn't make sense and we need to review the the context of those interviews questions and all of that right um but it's also to understand how candidates feel about about those Mm. And uh, and the, the companies they are getting everything that they need. It's important, isn't it? It's just getting that one person on the call that suits both your role <laughs> in the markets we recruit them. Yeah, exactly. That one person means everything to you that day. Yeah. yeah. So it's this type <laughs> of stuff. But um, Deus, what's your kind of views on this? How how do you do it? Stepping away, reviewing the experience. Is it a continuous? Is it something you view quarterly? How, how do you do it? So I I actually would kind of disagree with uh, with Anna regarding the forms, to be honest. Uh, and it, uh, just based on um, so uh, on on a side note, I'm I'm kind of currently working towards like my master thesis that is touching like automation within recruitment and HR as well. Um, and and I think if we want to use uh, like these automated processes for the for the feedback tools, uh, I feel that in general they would. It depends on what kind of information you want to get. If you want a lot of like quantitative data, like it was a good yes or no, that 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 could be good and it could save us a couple of minutes, uh, perhaps. But I think that the the human aspect with this is extremely important. And I think that uh, a person will, is willing to share more when they can talk with someone about their experience than if they just click a couple of buttons within uh, within a form, for example. Um, do, do you think you've got the time to do that, though? Yeah, because, the, I mean, ideal world, yes. Of course you would want, yeah. And we want to have that 
personal journey, you look after three candidates, yeah, but in reality, we're getting loads of applications, yeah. Is there is there a way, has Leo Vegas put a structure in place where you've got the time to do that? So the 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 thing is is that regarding the uh, the feedback from from the candidates is in general is that uh, I personally do not like ask like a like complete feedback from every candidate uh, because then of course that would take too too much of a time so so we have the people that we generally talk about like their experiences at the certain stages of the recruitment processes and this generally kind of helped us to kind of tweak the tweak the processes in a sense where you know um, I think three years ago when I joined, the recruitment process looked completely different than what it looked right now. And, you know, we are constantly trying to iterate on that based on, you know, of course, the feedback. Uh, one of the, the, you know, of course, uh, one of the stages is when I talk to every, of course, candidate is kind of when they're getting towards the, like the final stages, right? Is that what do they thought about the process itself? Do, do they think it was long, too long? And of course, you know, further questions regarding that. Um, and and there are you know you generally like general more touch points as well regarding that. But you know we I don't think that uh, it is necessary to um, again it depends kind of what the, what the what the information you are looking for because I think that it is uh, much more valuable uh, to um, you know be, be have you know this sort of discussion with with the candidates uh, maybe not with with every one of them but from the time perspective but get you know. A quality data, then get uh, uh, a survey from let's say a hundred of candidates, but you don't actually get anything meaningful from that process because. Um, and I think you know the uh, these automated processes are very good for current employees because they are already invested in the company. While if a candidate just goes on a, on a, uh, an interview and you know it, it was good or bad. But there, it's sort of, it's like, well, if he's in four other processes, how likely is he or she, you know, to give you actual proper feedback within that if you just send a form itself? So that's kind of my uh, my view on this, I think. Yeah, no, that's yeah. fair enough. And I'm going to give Anna the chance to respond. <laughs> I think, I think, I think it's a combination. I don't think that automating everything is an answer. Uh, neither uh, having just... Uh, the the communication with with the candidates right just like a call every time that you have a candidate because you want to hear their experience it's a combination of of both um of both uh, both things i guess because you need to grab some data to understand what is going on um within certain things that uh, you cannot just write down everything that you that you hear because uh, at least i don't have the time for that so mm. it's, I think it's it's just a mix, but uh, I agree, not automating everything because otherwise we lose that human um, side. Yeah. yeah, if they automate everything, we all lose our jobs as well. So let's hold on to that. <laughs> let's not <laughs> do that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I like my job. <laughs> and if someone can automate it, I'm going to be gutted. Um, all right. Yeah, I suppose. Yes. Kind of what's your thoughts on this? Yes, uh, I, I think I agree with both. And uh, the thing is, in TrueColor, we're doing the candidate survey after the interview. So no matter like the fielding, the recruiter, take interview or high remote interview. So we got a lot of data to analyze. The thing is, when we are in the scaling phase, we need to know like which part we can improve. And also our HR team is quite small. So we need to see like what kind of resource we need. 
So the first thing is, I think we should have enough people working on recruitment, and then we can analyze the data and improve. And the thing is, the the result is very interesting when we receive from the candidate. So either you have very good experience, you will write something, or you will have very bad experience. The thing is, when you have like average, you don't want to click it and spend like two minutes to fill it. So if you have very bad things, you we want to say something that will be the channel for the candidate to to tell us. And also, I'm in charge of Glassdoor, the platform. So we got also different uh, uh, comments from Glassdoor, and I reply like one by one and to ask like what kind of situation we have and what kind of things we can improve. So I think um, for uh, this kind of part, if you have digital things, it's good and you can track the data. And but you need to know what kind of data you want in the very beginning, and then you can analyze it. And uh, of course, for the candidate who field in the hiring manager interview, we might call them and say, oh, sorry, because of what, what, what. So they will get the feeling. And also we say maybe in the future we have a position match your competence. We can contact you again, keep in touch with them. So I always connect with people from LinkedIn and to say like, okay, if you join the interview with me and I want to keep in touch with you. So that is how we uh, do this kind of things in TrueColor. Well, of course, we are, we are <laughs> sorry. No, no, I was going to say you can tell the companies who do this mm-hmm. from an external recruiter. You can tell the companies who care about it because there's certain companies mm-hmm. um, that people have a black or white, yeah, yes or no, mm-hmm. complete definitive answer on would I ever work with them. And it's generally the companies who don't look after that experience, who are, this is our experience, this is how we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like it, lump it. Yeah, mm. and that creates a divide in, in the whole market of people who yeah. haven't even spoken to the internal crew. All the stuff we've talked about have already decided whether they're going to do it or not. Yeah, you mm. can see that from a mile off. The thing is, the thing is, the candidate will be still in the market. Maybe this year he will be the junior, but three years later he will become the senior one. So how can we? give them very good impression in the very beginning, and then they can reconsider us if they become a senior or something. So that is also, we need to keep the uh, candidate warm up, and uh, this is candidate-driven market, so it's not that you you are the, the employer to, to choose. Maybe the candidate should choose the employer. It's a really good mindset, though. Yeah, mm. it's a really good yeah. mindset. Difficult mindset to have, though, isn't it? Yeah, that fingers mm. crossed that person will come around in three years' time. Mm. Yeah. Um, a lot of agents recruited is no, no, no. Oh, we want them now. <laughs> now it's the end of the world. No, unfortunately, that's not the best way to do it. Uh, Rebecca, your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, I'm agreeing with everyone. Like the candidate experience is so extremely important. It's like part of your employee branding. Employee branding. Um, of course, like as a recruiter, you, you tend to focus on like the candidates that are relevant and that are responsive. Um, but I think the employer, like candidate experience begins when you, you contact the candidate and they respond that they're not interested, but still keeping a good communication with them. Um, so we're, we're doing like both of them, like both automatically uh, and in, in person uh, regarding, um, um, sorry, I mixed up. Um, no, I suppose, Rebecca, are you, are you then 
thinking about how to create time to step away and review the experience. Yeah. Is that a yeah. constant for you? Or is that a, a quarterly meeting where you go, right, let's look at the data we've got, let's think about it. Which which are you more, let's do it constantly, or let's pick a time in January and then April to do it? I think we haven't found our approach yet. Uh, we're doing a survey uh, when they reach a point of stage, um, and we're sending out a survey to them. But we're also keen on, like, um checking with the candidates like how their experience has been throughout the process um but i think you have to do it in a certain stage um what, what stage is that rebecca what stage is your in, in, interview process uh, yeah that's what we do that's, yeah. what, that's what we do we do um using mps on how how was the interview um that kind of we offer to some of our clients because obviously we want to know obviously we're not in the interview most of the time yeah and therefore go on yeah i think you need both because it's harder to gather data by talking to the candidates and asking them different kind of questions it's easier to get the data by gathering it to through surveys and uh, to measure it in some kind of way and see where you're going um, but it's also important, uh, I agree, that you, you, you can't do everything automatically. Uh, so you need to keep that human contact with the candidates and make them feel appreciated because you don't feel that appreciated when you just get a survey if you have gone a long way in the process. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're almost like saying the further that someone goes, the more human element you need to be with them and probably yeah, the more you so. like they invested a lot of time in the process mm. so you the more time they have invested the more time you have to invest in investigating the the candidate experience uh, that they've had um all right i don't think we have enough time for your second question okay, so don't you, don't, you, don't you worry i've got another podcast lined up for you 